My pastor, Brother Richard Haley. Thank you, sir. Well, it's a blessing once again to assemble in the house of God. Well, actually, if you have your Bibles, be turning over to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 22. Read a few verses there in a moment. I'd like to say, Brother Ray, you did a pretty good job on the song, but you're just not a Jim Ashford. That's all there is to it. <laughs> You've got a while ago. Good to see all of you that are visiting with us. We see several new faces. And, uh, sister back here, and then uh, Brother Mulliken back there is... Uh, I uh, had to ask him who he was. It had been a long time since I saw him, and uh, he's gotten older. I don't know why these folk get older, and I don't get any older, but uh, he's gotten older, but it's good to see him here. And then sister, uh, Brother Gibbs's sister's over here. It's always a blessing to have his family here, and Barry brought all of his family over. All of you that are visiting with us, we're glad to have you. Trust that you'll make yourself at home and be a part of the service and worship with us this morning. And you of our own people, we expected you here. In fact, there are some we expected here that aren't here. And uh, God knows about that. I'm, I'm sure glad God just made me a messenger, not a, God, not a judge and an executioner, amen. And uh, things would be in a mess if he did. But uh, we're glad you're here. Now, if you found your place in the book of Ezekiel chapter 22, if you'll stand... We're going to start reading with verse 23. <laughs> and the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not clean, nor reigned upon in the days of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening its, the prey. They have devoured souls. They've taken the treasure and precious things, and they have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Her priests have violated my law and have profaned mine holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they shown difference between the unclean and the clean, and have hid their eyes from the Sabbath and I am profaned among them. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves, ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls and to get dishonest gain. And her prophets, prophets have dabbed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and devise, uh, divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord has not spoken. And the people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and the needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongful, wrongfully. I've sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and to stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore I've poured out mine indignation upon them I've consumed them with fire of my wrath. Their own ways have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, once again that you've been good to us, you've granted us another opportunity to stand, Lord, before this thy people. And I pray, Lord, that your spirit will move in our midst in a special way. Lord, will it once again, as in days of old, stir our hearts and souls. And God, that one that might be here that's not sure that Christ is their Savior, 
Lord, this morning would be the time that you'd be able to move the scales of blindness from their eyes. And Lord, draw them unto him while there's still time and opportunity. Go with us now, Lord. Help us to be honest, sincere, and bold in our presentation of the message. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I know perhaps we've read just a little bit more this morning than we normally do, but I believe that the message that we have is so relevant for today that we need to be impressed with some of the things that went on in those days and that are going on in the days in which we live. And you know, God spoke there of the corruption of his equals day. And as I read about those things that he told us in those few verses, I thought, man, that could be a current newspaper headline in America today. How similar their situation was to ours. And so we'll try to be able to present there's absolutely no way you could take everything that God has given to us in these few verses and be able to deal with them fully in the time we have allotted here. But we'll try to go over some of the main points and perhaps God will speak to our hearts and encourage us that we'll study more to see what the problem was in Ezekiel's day and what the problem is in our day. So we'll notice verse 23. The Bible says, first of all, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying. And I'll tell you, folk, this morning, if our preachers and our Bible teachers don't get alone somewhere with God and let him speak to them so that they may speak to the people, there's something terribly wrong. And I fear that's what's happening in many of the pulpits of America this morning. The word of the Lord came unto me. I have no business of getting up here and telling you what my opinion is. Everybody has an opinion. Your, your opinion might differ from my opinion. Your opinion might be better than my opinion. But when I give you God's opinion, nobody can argue with that. And if you want to be so bold as try to argue with God and, and to go against what He says, remember one day you'll stand before Him. And I fear that we've got to the place where there's no fear of God in the hearts of most of God's children. And I fear that we've gotten to the place where a lot of people think that one day when I stand before God, I'm going to be able to talk my way out of this like I do here upon this earth. But I want you to know this morning when you stand before that all-powerful God and that God that knows all about you, the very secret thoughts of your heart. When he makes a command, you'll not question it because you'll know that's right. One day we'll have to stand before him. Not only will the preachers have to stand before him, but those that listen will have to stand before him as well. It is my responsibility when I walk into this pulpit by that virtue I've said to you, I've got something to tell you from God. And if I don't have something to tell you from God, or to go over there somewhere and sit down and keep my mouth shut. It's my responsibility to make sure what I say is from God. But once I preach it, my responsibility ends. 
and your responsibility begins to take the Word of God and to deal with it as God would have you to deal with it. We talk so many times about the Bible being the Word of God, and it is. This is a precious book to me. I believe every word of it. I'm like the old fellow that said, somebody asked me if he believed the Bible from cover to cover. He said, I sure do. And I even believe the cover because on the back of it, it says genuine. I believe it's genuine. But I want you to know also this morning that if I've gotten along with God like I should have gotten along with Him, and I've got a message from Him as I should have gotten from Him, that when I speak, God backs it up by the same power that he backs this written word up with. And so the Jeremiah, Ezekiel said, almost said Jeremiah, old Ezekiel said, the word of the Lord came to me. He gave me something to say to you. This is not what Ezekiel thought. This is what God thought. So this prophet that had remained true and faithful to God over the centuries, stood and delivered a message that wasn't well received. I, at times like this, I wish Brother John was in here because he, he's young yet in the ministry. And I'm not sure he's learned yet that there's going to be some time when he preaches that people are not going to like what he preaches. And you've got to preach it anyway. You know, if I had my way, I'd just preach about the love of God. And there's a lot of preachers doing that today. But I tell you, even when I preach about the love of God, I have to come to the place where I'll say, if God really loves me, there comes a time when he's going to chasten me. But I'm saying the word of the Lord is what we've got to deliver and not our own thinking. And so the message wasn't well, well received and I thought as I began to think about Ezekiel and some of those individuals, I began to think about others, Jeremiah and Moses and Elijah and many others that, that preached and the message wasn't well received. But God said the, the, the proof of a prophet, we don't consider ourselves prophets, but we take the prophet's place. The proof of a prophet is that what he says comes true. Yeah. Now you can sit here this morning if you want to and not believe what I tell you, but I'm convinced one day you'll stand before God and know what I've told you is the truth. Right. I'm not confident in the message that God has given unto me. The message that Ezekiel had is to the people of Israel, your country's in trouble. Your country's in a crisis. And I'll tell you, if the, if the true heart of the individuals that are gathered in this place this morning was manifested by an amen, when I say America's in trouble, America's in a crisis, amens and would sound out through this building. America's in trouble. We're more than in trouble. We're in the crisis stage. You'll say, well, why are we in trouble? I want you to know it's not because the Republicans have been in office for eight years. It's not because the Democrats are in office now. It's not because of the individuals that are running the nightclubs. 
and the dance halls and the gambling halls, it's because God's people have turned their backs on God. That's the reason America's in trouble this morning. And I'll tell you, it looks very shaky when we look at the condition of America. Somebody was saying not too long ago, one day this week, I believe, when the economy of America recovers. Now, I guess I'm a pessimist by nature. But my opinion is, and my opinion is not worth any more than yours, but my opinion is America will never get back to where she once was economically. I believe the judgment hand of God's already started to move upon, his, upon this nation. Don't you misunderstand me. I still believe America is the best country God has upon the face of the earth. I'm glad to be an American. I'm glad to be here. But I'm telling you, we're going downhill fast away from God. So the message that God gave to his equal can be enlightening to us if we'll listen. Read verse 24. Thou art the land that is not clean. Your land that's not clean. What about America? I was talking to someone the other day. I said, America doesn't have any morals anymore. We've completely lost our morals as a nation. And I'm talking about not just the lost folk that are out there in the world. I'm talking about God's people have set our morals aside. You may say, I don't like that. I don't like it too well either. And God doesn't like it. But this nation's unclean. I can remember a time in my short life when it was not allowed to advertise alcohol on television. You couldn't even advertise beer. But now, every sitcom that you see, somebody's standing there with some kind of alcoholic drink. Even the cooking shows. They can't hardly make a biscuit without pouring a little Jack Daniel in. That's the truth. If you don't believe it, watch some of them. Everything has to have a little alcohol in it. Why? You, you can read about it in, in uh, Romans 1. When they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful. And then God starts talking about, he turned them over. He turned them loose. And I'm afraid that's what's happening to America today. You'll say, you sure are a pessimistic, old-fashioned, fuddy-duddy. I know that. But you leave me alone. I'm happy being this way. And I'm happy one day to stand before God like this. He said, you're unclean. I'm going to step on some toes now, so you better watch. I I apologize to Brother Rex one day for stepping on his toes. He told me when he went out, he said, Brother, you stepped on my toes. And I, I said, I'm awful sorry. I wasn't aiming at your toes. I was aiming at your heart. But I'm going to step on some toes because just as bad as drinking is this lottery that the Tennessee's got strode out 
and it's just a form of gambling. You can read it any way you want to, it's gambling. And I hope there's not anybody sitting in this audience. If there is, I don't know about it, so I'm not trying to pick you out and pick on you. But there's a lot of people sitting in a lot of audiences this morning that got on that bus last night or Friday night and went down to Tunica, Mississippi. And we, we can take a nap now. It's that quiet. But we living in an unclean land. And I pray this morning that we won't close our eyes to the problems that this great nation that we are part of has. You cannot devise a cure until you di- diagnose this, uh, the uh, problem. And the problem is sin among God's people. Paul said to young Timothy in the last days, perilous times will come. We live in those perilous times. Do you know this morning that if you stand for what God stands for, you're considered a hate group? If you stand against homosexuality and immoral living, you're part of the hate group. That's perilous times for the child of God. We're certainly living in those last and closing days. Our freedom to worship, our freedom to preach if we please, is swiftly growing to the place where there's some dangers connected with it. I mentioned Brother John a few moments ago. I don't know how long Brother John will pastor this church. I hope it's years and years. But I know in his ministry, if everything goes according to normal, and he lives out a normal lifespan, that before his ministry closes, it'll be against the law for him to speak against homosexuality. Because the government is fixing to bring it under the umbrella of uh, uh, equal rights, civil rights what I was wanting to say. We're living in perilous times. If we could just go back and look at what Ezekiel said here about Israel and figure out what her problems was, we can very clearly see that America has the same problems. And I want to very quickly skim over those problems. It says in verse 25, there's a conspiracy of her her prophets. What's a conspiracy? A combining or working together in a harmful or unlawful way. There's a conspiracy. I thought when I was reading this about those individuals over there that was giving excuses why they couldn't come to the supper that the man had said. And And they said they consented one with another. What did they do? They entered into a conspiracy. Now, what's happening today? Everybody's wanting to join up and join together. I told somebody the other day, it's kind of funny to me, it may not be to you, but I told somebody the other day, I said, you know, I've got some good friends in other religions. I've got a real good friend that's a church of, I call him a good friend, and I believe he is, that's a church of God preacher. Brother Curtis, it's a church of God over in Woodbury. But I wouldn't have Brother Curtis come and stand in this pulpit. 
You know the reason why? I told the individual I was, I was talking to, I said, I can confuse my people enough by myself. I don't need somebody else to come in and confuse I, You know, I, I've, got, I've got the ability to do that by myself. I'm not, I'm not having somebody come in here that believes you've got to live perfect to get to heaven. I, I'm, not, I'm not having somebody come in here that, that believes that, that sprinkling's all right for baptism. Uh, again, I mean, I don't mean to be stepping on toes, but I'm just telling you where I stand uh, this morning. And so Ezekiel here said there's a conspiracy in the land among her prophets, and they're like lions, roaring, ravering lions. I thought about what Peter said about the devil. He said he goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That's essentially what Ezekiel said about these prophets of his day. They're, they're destroying souls. It bothers me to no end. People come up with a false man-made doctrine and convince people to believe it. And they get all secure in what they're doing. And they think, man, when I get to the end of the way, I believe I'll be saved. I hope I'll be saved. I'm trying to be saved. And... They, if they're doing it without the Lord Jesus Christ, they're going to stand before God one day and be condemned, and he'll say, I never knew you. You never came into a personal relationship with my dear son. There's a conspiracy among the prophets. They're like raving wolves, and uh, they devour souls. They've taken treasures and precious things. They've made widows in the, in the midst of their congregation. Then he goes on in verse 26 to say, The priests have violated my law. The very ones that should be teaching and holding up and exhorting the law are violating it themselves. I have absolutely no right to tell you you ought to do something if I'm not willing to do it myself. But he said these priests of his day was violating the law. And then he says, they've profaned the holy things. They've showed disregard and contempt for the sacred things of God. You'll say, man, nobody's doing that today. You just look around a little bit. I'm not going to try to go through them, but I've mentioned a few things that have gone on in places that's supposed to be sacred places dedicated to God that is unholy and ungodly as it can be. And the danger we have to be aware of that if we're not careful, he'll creep into our midst without us even knowing it's happening. You know, it's awful easy as a pastor, as a leader in the church, it's awful easy when it gets down to standing upon the commandments of God and upon what God says, uh, how a church ought to be run and everything, it's awful easy to back off and say, well, this might cause trouble. And I want just as much peace and just as much harmony as you can have among the brethren because God said uh, it pleases him when brethren can dwell together in peace. But I'll tell you this much, if it comes to the place where you've got to compromise the word of God in order to have peace, then you better not compromise. But that's what was happening 
in Ezekiel's day. He said, you profaned the holy thing. And then he went on to say, you made no difference between the clean and the unclean. And man, there's not a one of these things that I read that I couldn't give you an example of, and I don't have to go back 20 years to do it. I, I could tell you some things that's happened recently that will show you that people who call themselves Christians, who call themselves foreign God, are having things that are unclean and ungodly uh, in their in the house dedicated to God and saying, praise the Lord, we had a good service. And I'll tell you, if you've got ungodly stuff mixed in with the service, it's not one that pleases God. Then he says the princes, that is the ones that makes the laws. Man, we could spend an hour or two here. The princes in the, middle, in the midst thereof are as wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and destroy souls and to get dishonest gain. I saw a sign the other day on the back of the uh, car. said, please don't steal because our government doesn't like competition. Brother, that goes along with this right here. We don't know one-tenth of what goes on in our government. But they're costing the souls of men and women when they make laws that contradict the laws of God. For prophets, to have, and I'm, I'm trying to hurry here, folk. I promise you I am. Her prophets have dabbed them with untempered mar martyr. Order. Get my tongue untangled in a moment. If we had some carpenters here, I don't think we have any carpenters. Uh, I don't believe we do uh, that I can think of. He's ignoring me completely. If we had some carpenters here, they would tell us if you go out and lay a foundation, you've got to have the mortar for those blocks mixed with the correct material and the right uh, portion of that material. I'd say mortar mix and sand and whatever else you got to have. But if you put very little mortar mix and a whole lot of sand, it'll look good at first. But then when the rains begin to come and the freezes begin to happen, guess what's going to happen? The mortar's going to fall out. Why? Because it's not tempered. And that's what he's saying here, that the, that the prophets, let me read it and make sure I get it right. The prophets have dabbed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and devising lies or speaking uh, of great good when there is no great good, speaking lies unto them. Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord, they say when, let me, let me get my thinking straightened out here. They say the Lord has said when he has not spoken. Oh, how that runs through my soul. To say to people, here's what God said when God hasn't said that. And so judgment will come. 
He says, therefore will I pour out mine indignation. That's anger brought on by injustices. I'll pour out my indignation upon them. I've consumed them with the fire of my wrath and their own uh, and their own ways have I recompensed upon their heads. In other words, I've turned around and gave them what they've been giving out. I've given again unto them. I'm simply saying this morning, I believe what God wants us to receive is that our nation's in trouble. And we want to just kind of throw our hands up sometimes and say, there's nothing I can do. But Brother Bobby said in Sunday school this morning, God's still in control. I, I thought about this the other day. I think it was in the bathroom. I, I was there, and here came an ant across the cabinet. And boy, he was reared up and walking just like he could whip an elephant. And I just reached down and took my finger and squished him. No problem. And do you know that all of the problems of America or all the problems of the world is no more of a concern to God than that little ain't was to me? You know why? He's in control. And he can turn this thing around anytime he wants to. But he's not going to do it until his people get right. God help us that we might understand that this morning. I'll ask you to stand if you would please as we had a prayer and song leader come. I'll ask Brother 